The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. It is... Tuesday, August 2nd. Jeez, weeks. It's August already. 2022, it is indeed a heck of a morning. Live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces, you'll be able to hear the show in its entirety on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network when it's all said and done. And in fact, if you do listen to the podcast version, you're going to get a little extra, a little extra incentive, some bonus stuff. A nice little interview with a man who has brought up almost every time a welterweight fights on on to the next one. Got the chance to catch up with Nico Price. A lot of people wondering what's going on with him. And hopefully we have some answers. So you'll hear that conversation on the podcast version as soon as this portion of the show comes to an end. But I am Mike Heck. Thank you for joining. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Having a great start. To the first week of August. I still can't believe it is August, but a lot went down this past Saturday in Dallas, Texas. UFC 277. Amanda Nunes once again, the Bantamweight Queen, once again, a two-division champion. Dominant performance over a very game, very tough, extremely durable Juliana Pena. Brandon Moreno is the interim flyweight champion of the UFC after stopping Kaikar France in the third round of just an incredible battle. Magomed Ankoliath gets a big win over Anthony Smith. Some reports that Anthony Smith actually, even though Dana White said there's no fracture for Anthony Smith, apparently he has a, a broken leg or a broken ankle, according to Ariel Hawani, and Ariel's get a pretty high batting average. I haven't confirmed that myself, but if Ariel reports it, you best believe there's probably some truth to that. Big win for Alexandra Pantoja as well. I thought he looked sensational. This guy is just really, really good, flying under the radar at 125, and who knows? This guy could be the best 125-pounder in the world. We'll see. Hopefully, he gets his chance to prove it. And then, of course, everyone was talking about the ending of the heavyweight bout between Sergei Pavlovich and Derek Lewis. The refereeing. Was it an early stoppage? Was it a correct stoppage? 
I feel the same way I felt on Sunday. Not a great stoppage, but not a horrible one. The aesthetics were not good. Derek Lewis went face down. Don't blame Tan Dan for making that that call. Of course, when you see a guy pop up and says, I'm okay, I'm okay, especially with a guy as beloved as Derek Lewis, it's kind of tough to swallow, but I've gone back and watched that finish a couple different times. I get it. I get why people are saying that it's a fine stoppage. It was a little quick, but again, I'm not a referee. I don't want to be a referee, and that is the exact reason why. I don't even want to be a Little League umpire because people get so mad about that stuff. Like If you call your kid out at first base on a ground ball short, on a bang-bang play, you might have to run for your life. And I can't imagine what it's like being Tan Dan or anybody else. I, I actually agree with my best friend because I believe he said something to this effect on onto the next one. Hokey Pokey Herb had the worst refereeing moment of the night with the, the stoppage of the Brandon Miranda thing. Like it was a fine stoppage. It's just one of those things where it's just like, dude, you got to make a decision. You have to. And Dan, at least whether right or wrong, made a decision and went with it. He didn't hesitate. He didn't kind of go in and out. He made a decision and he stuck with it. And we got to give him credit for that. By the way, I just want to say one thing before we take the, we'll get to the calls. I see a lot of you lined up. I got, I got a couple messages. I saw some of the comments and I wanted to, to kind of address it. Like I'm not offended or anything, but on to the next one. Some people feel like I was a little too loosey goosey, a little too hot takey, a little stubborn, a little know it all and going back, and I never go back and listen or watch any of my stuff, ever. Like, I might have to hear it when I put stuff together. I think you're probably right about that, and that's not how I like to come off. So if you really feel that way, my bad. Like, I, I don't want to come off that way. Like, I am kind of a stubborn prick at times. I am Boston Mike, like, at, you know, deep down inside. Some of that's there, but sometimes when you get very little sleep and you try to pound a coffee and you try to like find that energy somewhere, sometimes you get a little crazy. I think I was probably a little too crazy on that show. So uh, if you were mad about that, I get it. I'm not offended by it. And you probably should feel like I was a a little too over the top, but it happened. It was a great show. A lot of you took part in it and I appreciate that very much. All right. Enough about me. Let's go to you. Let's get after this thing. Lots to talk about. Hey, we can even talk about Jake Paul and Hasim Rockman Jr. getting canceled. We can talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. But something tells me you probably don't want to talk about that too much. So let's go to Sav to begin things. Hey, Mike. How are you? Sav, how are you? I'm good, uh, man. First of all, I don't think – I think you're being way too hard on yourself. Uh, I watched on to the next one. Didn't see any problems with the way you – we're talking or anything, so if people are mad, they can go fuck off, I feel like. But uh, my bad. It's super <laughs> language. Uh, I do want to bring up the Haseem Rahman Jr. thing, because I saw you were in the Twitter space last night as I was. I was listening to what he had to say. Um, I think it's extremely unprofessional, obviously, that he's going to miss weight. But there is a backup in place, and I think that the whole thing that's getting overlooked is this event is off because it's not selling tickets and it's not selling pay-per-views. I don't know why Hasim wouldn't just be honest about that because that's not his job. It's Jake Paul's job to sell the tickets and sell the pay-per-views. So, I don't know. What's your take on that, Mike? Thanks, man. Yes, I was in that space because I wanted to ask 
it's funny you bring that up and thank you for that. Now we have to put the explicit tag on the podcast. So I appreciate that very much, but Nico price is going to be on. So there were some, some naughty things said on that one as well. Uh, I went in that space. I requested to speak in that space multiple times. I did not get brought in and I was literally going to ask him Dana White's thoughts because Dana had said, the only thing I remember from the space, cause I wasn't in there like the entire time. And maybe, maybe this was mentioned to him, but it just seemed like a bunch of his buddies are in there kind of talking to him and he was giving his side of the story and which is great, like good on him. And he gave his side. He feels like he should have gotten the chance to cut that 10 pounds. Like it's a week. He's just felt like I should have been able to do it. And he felt like Jake was just like, Nope, I don't want to fight. Cause I don't want to get knocked out. I don't want to get embarrassed or whatever. And I don't think, I honestly don't think that's true. And then of course, Dana White made headlines about, this whole thing because the cancellation happened in the middle of UFC 277. In fact, I had to steal AK away from UFC 277. I myself had to go away from UFC 277 for a little bit. We recorded a little reaction to the whole thing. And it's just such a weird thing. But Dana White was asked about it and he doesn't feel like it has anything to do with, with Rockman. Feels like, like you just said, it had to do with the ticket sales or lack thereof. And... MSG being a really expensive building and Dana White said the, the famous line, you need a half million dollars just to turn the lights on and off. I looked at the ticket sales. They weren't horrible. It wasn't like, it wasn't a sellout or anything, but I was curious how that was going to be. Like I know our man GC felt like that's one of those cards that could have a lot of sort of last minute walk up traffic, which is, which is possible. But I will say this, like I didn't think, the second Tyron Woodley fight was going to do very well in terms of ticket sales. I didn't think there were going to be a lot of people there. I thought it was going to be one of those things, like a typical boxing event. Like you'd show up, I'd show up to a near empty arena in Tampa. And then like right when Jake Paul Woodley two was about to happen, like the celebs would come in and it'd be a big deal. That place was packed from the first prelim. I was stunned, stunned how many people were in there for, uh, Anthony Taylor and, and Chris Abula place is completely full. It was nuts. So maybe there was some truth to that, but I did see this. It's going to be up on MMAfighting.com. Uh, Nikisha Bedarian, who is the co-promoter, the business partner of Jake Paul went on his Instagram stories today in New York. And it's probably like a one minute video total. And he basically responded to Dana White saying had nothing to do with ticket sales said they were already they had already sold more tickets and had a better gate than Ryan Garcia's fight at Staples Center did. It was trending to be one of the 10 best MSG boxing cards since 2005. Like, that's what he said. Um, and then he took a shot because, again, Dana likes to call Nikisa an accountant because he used to work for the UFC. Nikisa wasn't an accountant. He was the freaking chief financial officer for the UFC. He was the CFO. For the UFC. So he had a pretty major role in the company. And now he's with Jake Paul and he's doing the thing. And now this whole thing's going on. So I honestly have no clue. There's probably like six people in the whole world who know exactly what's going to happen. Rockman's side is going to say exactly what he's saying. Paul's side are going to say exactly what they're saying. And there's probably like six people on earth who actually know the answer to this question. So it's kind of a bummer. I guess if you're, we're looking forward to it. Like I feel bad more so for like Amanda Serrano and 
you know, her getting back in there after the Katie Taylor fight, because that was amazing. Her being back at MSG would have been a very big deal. I would have loved to have seen that. She deserved that moment. But alas, it's not going to happen. And who knows? Maybe, as I was saying in our reaction with AK, maybe this isn't a bad thing. Maybe it's just a short-term kind of disaster. The aesthetics look horrific. And they don't look good. But maybe with UFC 279 coming up September 10th, the final fight on Nate Diaz's deal, maybe this opens the door for Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz at the end of the year. And I think all in all, I think the reception to that will be much better than Tommy Fury or Haseem Rockman Jr. I just felt like as soon as Rockman Jr. entered the fold, it just felt like weird. It just felt strange. Like it wasn't like that big of a deal. It just seemed like they were going off brand a little bit. Like Jake fighting MMA guys, I think that's the correct way to go. Like eventually we want to see him fight boxers, but I don't think we need to see that right now. The Tommy Fury thing made sense after the first Woodley fight, but I don't even want to see Tommy Fury's name attached to Jake Paul anymore because it's dumb. It makes no sense. And I feel like that's one of those like things that's never destined to happen. So, all right, let's move on. And let's go to James. Hi, James. Good morning. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, forgive me. I'm still a little sad from yesterday seeing um, uh, Ro- uh, Robotic Silva going to one championship. So I guess I'll continue to dream on a future matchup between him and Vicente Luque. But uh, looking at this card coming up this weekend, I thought it was strange that uh, Terrence McKee is on the prelims. Like, he's not even the, the feature prelims. And seeing what is on the main card, I just thought that was a kind of a weird placement. But with the main event, what percentage chance do you think that we're going to get another uneventful 25 minutes from uh, from Santos? And uh, I, I just want to say I love uh, on to the next one. I think you and AK are always great together. Every Everything you guys touch just turns to gold. And since we're uh, still a uh, matchmaking for Patty, what do you think of a matchup between Patty and um, and Jalen Turner? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm kidding, Mike. I, I, oh God, <laughs> thank God, thank God. <laughs> Part of me wants to see Boss and Mike come out, but then again, I don't want to lose you for three days. But, uh, <laughs> but like always, man, thank you for what you do for us here in this space, and I uh, have a heck of a morning, and hope to talk to you on Thursday. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Uh, I love doing on to the next one. I've said this sort of to other people, but I had people like reaching out saying that, you know, when the fighters only thing came out, people were saying that I should have been on there. And I don't honestly, I don't care. Like it would have been cool, but I don't really care what I do care about. What is the first and foremost goal is when they do that best programming thing. I want on to the next one on that list. Cause I feel like that is one of the more unique shows that, that, the space has to offer. I think a lot of these shows, like even this show is just, there are other shows exactly like this. There's so many, but I feel like on to the next one is kind of its own thing. And AK and I just, we just have this thing going. Like we are, like we are show best friends for sure. We are site best friends. And that is one person I can't wait to meet in person. So that'll be awesome. The, let me start with the soul ditch thing. I am not surprised. It was kind of sh- See, hearing him say one was like, I guess, um, like in essence was kind of strange. But for those of you who've been listening to this program from the very beginning, Soldich has been a, a pretty popular topic. 
And I felt that the UFC was going to make an offer, was going to be in play, but I didn't think that they were going to be like a big player in this whole thing because I talked to him about this. Like I asked him all the questions that you would want to know probably in January or February. And it seemed like the UFC was in play from a legacy standpoint, but then I had to ask him like, cause he talked about how he would match up against Usman and Colby and Luke and all these guys. And he felt like he matched up great with all of them. But when I asked him what was most important, I was like, is it legacy? Is it money? You could be honest. And he said, Hey, legacy's great. But in essence, he said like, it doesn't pay the bills. Like, I want to make money. I want to like fight the best, but I got to make money. Like I can't do all the things I want to do with the rest of my life. Like when my fighting career is over and buy vacation homes and buy cars with legacy, like you can't do that. So right then and there, I felt like the UFC was out of play. Cause I just didn't think the UFC was going to, I just didn't think the UFC was going to pay him what he probably should be getting paid. And I've also said this, I don't know the exact dollar figure, but from what I gather, KSW offered him a lot of money, like a lot of money, like big star in the UFC kind of money, like per fight, like the dump, the figures I was hearing, at least the, um, like the estimates were, were, were like, I was like, there's no way he's not re-signing. I thought for sure he's going to re-sign with KSW. Turns out he's going to one. And when that, what that tells me is that one offered him like a floppity jillion dollars, like ridiculous money. He might be, I don't think he's the highest paid guy in the company, but he's probably in the top three to five. I'd be stunned if he wasn't just hearing the KSW figures or the, the rough estimates of it. One must've like emptied the piggy banks to get him on the roster, but that sets up some fun stuff. Soldies versus RDR. We can get that going. I'm excited. I know we mentioned Eddie Alvarez. Please don't do that. Don't. Please don't. They're going to, and I'm going to hate it. Don't do it. Please don't do Soldage versus Eddie Alvarez. Do not do that. That's like a, It's literally like a middleweight fighting a freaking lightweight. I don't want to see that fight. Please don't do it. But one will do it, and I'm going to hate it. Don't do it. As far as Saturday's card, listen, it is what it is. I love the co-main event, Luke A. Jeff Neal. It's, a, it's an interesting main event because I think Jamal Hill, I think very highly of Jamal Hill. I know Jamal Hill thinks very highly of Jamal Hill as well. He's very confident in his abilities. He feels like he's, he's the guy. And this is, one of, this is just another step in his direction now. This is like a perfect matchup for him because Tiago has not been very exciting. He really hasn't been. He just hasn't. And... Jamal has been very exciting. And now he's going he's gonna to face a guy who's not going to try to get into a brawl with him. He's going to try to slow the pace down a little bit. And if this fight stretches out into rounds three, four, and five, I'm curious how it's going to go. But there is a world where Jamal Hill just blows the doors off Tiago Santos and gets another big win and, and moves onwards and upwards. So we'll see what happens. We got the tough finale stuff. We got... I forgot. I didn't even know Augusta Sakai and Sergey Smivak were on this card until Sunday. And then McKinney and Eric and Z- you would think McKinney would probably be on the main card. I'm kind of surprised by that. But again, when you look at these cards in particular, especially the late start of this one, it's probably not a horrible thing for McKinney to be the fifth fight on the card. 
Because it's all just one big thing. This isn't like a, a pay-per-view or anything like that. It's all on one channel. It's all going to just going to be a long show. And God, I hate these 10 p.m. Eastern six-fight main cards, especially coming off of a pay-per-view. It's just brutal, man. It's just brutal. These fight nights should be – we were spoiled by Long Island. We were spoiled by London. Like, four, like the 4 p.m. start times for the prelims, I will take that all day long. 7 p.m. main card. You want to do 8 p.m. main card, that's fine. But if you're going to do a 10 p.m. Eastern main card, six fights is just redonkulous. And I'm speaking as a whiny East Coaster, but here we are. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Noel, how are you, sir? Oh, hey, man. Damn, I didn't think I was getting chosen, but it's pretty cool. Uh, hey, man, I was just talking about Brian Moreno, man. I'm so fucking hyped about him getting the win. Honestly, a lot of people are saying that him and Figgy should not run the fourth. They say that it's holding on the, uh, the flight weight division, but to be honest, I'm, I'm really hype about this. It's getting me so much memories about Pacquiao and Marcus Four, and how Mark. I don't know if Mom remember, but you know Marcus definitely knocked out Pacquiao that that fourth uh, fight. And I'm actually getting the same vibes, and hopefully Moreno does that and gets a big win for uh, Mexico because uh, definitely um, Mexico is getting on the rise with also with uh, Yair Rodriguez, and hopefully they'd be on the same card. And it's just a great a great uh, time for Mexico. I'm actually. Um, Chicano, so I'm, I'm, my parents are from Mexico, but yeah, just hype about the Latino community, MMA community, and that's pretty much it. And let's um, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Yair. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm glad we could catch you off guard, and thank you for for that. I like. I don't know who who would be upset about this this fourth fight. I wasn't upset about it, like after January. You could have these guys fight seven times. I don't care. Like, you could do a legit best of seven or, I mean, technically it would be kind of like a best of eight because the first fight was a draw. But, I mean, these are the two – these two guys are just a match made in heaven. Now, we got Pantoja there, but for a while, like, we, we had Kai, so it all worked out pretty good here. But we need to see this – we need to see this fourth fight. Like, this is the fight that has to happen. And something tells me – that when we record our ranking show in a couple of hours, this discussion is going to be a prevalent one, especially in my rankings. And you know what? 
you're here, so I'm going to tell you. Brandon Moreno is my number one 125-er. You, I mean, that, that, that's just me. That's just me. Brandon Moreno is my number one flyweight over Davis and Figueredo. I will explain more on the show. I'm not going to reveal my entire hand, but when these rankings drop tomorrow, my vote was Brandon Moreno, number one at 125, Figgy number two. And I'll explain why later. But yeah, love the fight. Brandon looked good. He's just a fun guy. Like, how could you not love Brandon Moreno? Guy's up there just getting all in on a box of Nutella. It's just amazing. Guy's, guy's the best. And that fight, I think he's just going to be awesome. I can't wait to see it. Let's go to Derrico. Derrico? Hey, Mike. Uh, so I just got a question about Pantoja. Um, is it 100% sure that he's going to be the backup? And where's the big fight for him? Um, is it maybe like put on underneath the Davison Moreno number four? Is it maybe he'll be matched up with Car France underneath? And in case anything happens, they'll just bump him up into that spot. Or do you think that they just make him wait, sit him as the backup? Let's say that Moreno and Kai or um, Moreno and Figueredo fight and Pantoja is just forced to sit out even longer. I feel like he's already earned um, his spot, a shot at the title. And he had already sat out in the past, if I'm not mistaken, and didn't end up getting the shot. So kind of two questions. Where's the big fight? And is if he's the backup, is it like, is he on the card with another fight? Or is he just sitting out? I feel like Pantoja's just been screwed in this, and he just keeps on sitting out and sitting out. And I mean, a win like he had on Saturday, he could get right back in the cage. So sitting out is not going to be beneficial at all. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, man. Pantoja's uh, the, the real real. That was an incredible game plan on his part. Because normally Alex Perez is the guy that comes jumps out to the hot start and you don't want to get him going right away. And Pantoja just shot out of the cannon and just got right on him. And Perez was just like, oh, my God, didn't see this coming. And then... Yeah, it was a great performance. And Alex Perez, Alex Perez is a good fighter. He's a very solid 25er. And he just made Alex Perez look like he didn't even belong in there. It was, it was just, it was a great performance. It was a great game plan. Loved every second of it. The guy's good. And I want to see him fight for the title. We have to, we have to let this thing play out, unfortunately, because it's 1 1 1. And this is, this is the fight that has to happen. Now, a lot of people may not know this, but it is it is what happened. Pantoja was actually the backup for the Moreno Kaikara France fight, as our man Guillermo Cruz reported. Pantoja was the backup for this fight, and then he went and fought Alex Perez, and there you go. So we could do something similar. Now I know a lot of people are saying, well, he missed weight, he was 126, he couldn't have been the backup, but he was also he also weighed in after both Moreno and Kaikara France weighed in. So once that happens, and they're both in at 124 and a half, I believe they both won, were 124 and a half. Like, he's not going to cut that extra pound. He probably just hung out, was on weight, just waited to see how those guys did. And then if he needed to cut an extra pound, he, he would have, but he didn't need to. And he was already the backup. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think Kyra France is probably the fight to do. That's how I would do it. It didn't look like, like, if you looked at Moreno and Kyra France at the end of that fight, 
you would think Car France won if you had no idea the result because Moreno looked like a mess because Car France messed him up a bit in that third round before the finish. So I think Car France, like if you wanted to do that, if you want to book this fight in December, January, I'm sure Car France will be ready to go. I think Pantoja Car France is the fight. They fought before, they fought on tough, so there's a story there. And who knows what else could happen between now and then? Because we're still that's like five, six, five months or so, four or five months. Maybe Manel Cap gets a win and he gets up there. Like we, we saw them fight already, but if we're doing it as like a number one contender fight, I, I'd like to see those two guys fight again. So but to me, if I'm if I'm holding the mighty pencil, we do Figgy Moreno four. And then we do Pantoja, Car France, and the two winners fight. Well, we can't really do the two winners, but if Figgy wins and Car France wins, you could do the two winners fighting. But if Moreno wins, but if Pantoja wins, and he gets the winner of no matter what. So 125 is just so fun. It's such a fun division. I can't believe that we almost got rid of it. How dare the UFC? How dare the people involved trying to get rid of that division? Milo! Okay. Hey, 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 Mike. Heck of a morning to you. Can you, What's up, can you hear me okay? Yes, yeah, I can. Uh, I wanted to share some thoughts uh, about uh, UFC 277, maybe on the Brandon Moreno topic. Uh, I spoke to Brandon Moreno uh, on uh, ESPN Deportes uh, yesterday, and I think the interesting conversation came up as... Uh, if he would ever consider boxing, I would actually don't mind seeing Brandon Moreno boxing, um, and uh, maybe maybe you could share some thoughts on that. Uh, but I think uh, Pantoja deserved the title shot, and I think he should be next in line over the fourth match uh, with uh, Davidson. Um, as far as uh, Amanda Nunez, I think Amanda Nunez kind of like needed this loss against Juliana Pena the first time they fought. It was this. GSP versus Matt Serra moment and uh, I think it rejuvenated her it energized her and uh, I think uh, it made her a better fighter she looked like the best uh, in, in the best shape of her life um, what else I wanted to say maybe on the uh, Sergei Pavlovich topic you know uh, there's a debate whether there was an early stoppage I mean I think this debate should not exist because uh, when you face plant like this I mean you're out it doesn't matter how you recover after that it's a KO uh, this is the same moment I think Dan Henderson had with uh, Fyodor Emelianenko when he just literally face-planted and then got up. And it just really doesn't matter. When you go down, like face forward like this, this fight should be stopped. Um, Anka Live, maybe the last one, I think uh, uh, made a great case for a title shot uh, with his win. It was an impressive win. And so he should be next in line. And I think uh, Sergei Pavlovich, I think, is probably one fight away from a title shot because he made a solid case as well. Uh, that's all I have to say. Thanks, and uh, have a heck of a morning. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I mean, see, what, what, what Zufa boxing should be is just UFC fighters boxing each other. That's what it should be. Remember how that was a thing? We're going to have Zufa boxing and Dana White was going to get into the boxing promoter business. It just didn't really happen. And I get why, but it would just be super fun, right? Like Brandon Moreno versus, I don't know, if you did like Moreno versus Adrian Yanez in a boxing match, or I know they're two different weight classes, but like they're not that terribly far apart. Or Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez in a boxing match. Like that'd be super fun. Like that'd be super fun. I would watch the hell out of that. I would love that. But Moreno, God, Moreno is just so fun to watch. Great fighter. 
Really fun to watch. Nunez looked spectacular. And that was, I had like, I've talked about this in Anson actually. I'll say it again. I thought, I thought Rogan and DC had a pretty rough night on Saturday. I didn't love the commentary. I thought Rogan set a pretty crappy precedence right away with uh, with the Davis and Figueredo talk. I didn't like that at all. Basically devalued him as the champion. And I just, I like, I didn't get why. Like, why in that moment did you feel the need? Was it to try to sell the fight? Like, I didn't get it. The fight didn't need to be sold. The winner was going to fight this guy. You're promoting to try to sell the next fight. I hated that. Like, it was just a bad start to the night. And, like, DC tried to correct him a little bit and disagree. But I felt like the tone from them, from, from thereafter, was just not good. I thought the commentary in the main event, I, I, from at least the color guys, was, was not great. Very, very Pena heavy. And we weren't getting, like, there. sure, Nunez is getting her shine a little bit, for mostly for escaping submission attempts that really weren't that close. There was one armbar, maybe, maybe that was, like, kind of close, but Amanda didn't feel like she was in trouble at all. And I just felt like it was a very Pena-heavy commentary. I, I just did. To me, that's what it sounded like. I felt, I felt like they both had a, had a rough night. I thought 276 was, like, maybe the best that we have heard that trio between like, it just seemed like everything was loose. They were all on the same page. Seemed like Rogan was really into it, had done his homework DC and DC feeds off of that. Like if Rogan's having a good night, DC is going to have a good night. If Rogan has a rough night, DC kind of has a rough night too. And I felt like that's what we saw on Saturday and it kind of hurt, kind of hurt things a little bit, but it is what it is. Bro- Rogan's voice. I'll never ever be the guy that's be like, Oh, Rogan shouldn't be on the broadcast anymore. That would be dumb of me to say. Rogan should be in the broadcast because Rogan's voice is synonymous with the product. He's one of the biggest content creators in the on the planet right now. He's him being there is massive. The fact that he still wants to show up once, and in this case, twice a month to sit down and talk fights, like that's awesome. Like that's really cool. But man, it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss, and it's tough. It can be tough at times. So, but Nunez looks spectacular. Her coming out southpaw was amazing. Pena's reaction to that was amazing. It was just like, whoa. Didn't see that coming. Definitely didn't see that coming. And then the stoppage with the Pavlovich thing. It's tough, man. Like, and I wish, I wish like we weren't talking about that. I wish we were talking more about the performance itself. Because Derek Lewis is just like, like, I feel like if, if that finish happened with anybody else but Derek Lewis, I don't think we'd be talking about it like we're talking about it right now. I think we would have been like, oh, he was down. But I just think because it's Derek and everybody loves Derek and he bounced right back up, it kind of feels different. But I feel like it's just, like if, if this is anybody else, I don't feel like the reaction would be the same the more I think about it. And... I know Casey on our post-fight show and even on Twitter was saying that the way that fight ended cost Pavlovich a bonus. And it shouldn't have, but it might have. It might have. Just the logistics of it all, how people reacted, sort of the negative reaction. Whether you thought it was a good stoppage or a bad stoppage, quick is probably okay to use there. Like I said, the aesthetics of it, not great. He went face down, but Derek's the guy that has played possum in the past. He's taken a beating in the past and has come back. He's been in way worse trouble. Been in way worse trouble. And Big Dan has refed a lot of Derek Lewis fights. So, again, very tough spot to be in. 
100%. Very tough spot to be in. And that's it. I would prefer what Dan did, making a split-second judgment call after the aesthetics, more so than what we saw with Herb Dean in the co-made event, where Herb just doesn't... I don't know what I don't know what it is. He's got the yips. He's got the yips with stopping these fights. Like, you just got to make a decision and go. You can't be like, eh, uh, all right, all right, I'll stop it. And Big Dan doesn't, didn't do that there. So I think he's... My reaction at first was like, ah, oh, man, come on. And then the more I watch it, I'm just like, all right, I get it. I get it. Maybe it was a little quick, but because it's Derek and Derek's just so durable. But I'm curious to see how they match make for him now. Because I feel I'm just going like UFC-ish style here. I'm the UFC with the pencil. I'm thinking to myself, they don't feel like this is a like a, like a real big win for him. Like it's a win, but there's questions. So I know a lot of people are saying, like, let's just run this one back. And if they do that, cool. I don't think the result's going to be much different, if we're being honest. But I feel like Pavlovich might be in a tough spot because UFC 278, Alexander Romanov is getting ready to fight Marcin Tybora. I feel like Alexander Romanov is just going to run this man over. And I feel like they're going to match those two guys up. And that's not doing Sergey any favors right now, who is now, at least in the UFC's rankings, a top five heavyweight. So we'll see what I'm really curious to see how they book him moving forward. If they give him Romanov, if they give him somebody else, we'll see. Let's go to four corner sports. Hey, Hey Mike. Hey buddy. I wanted to talk about, um, I want to know what's the ceiling for Michael Morales. I was watching the fight with my grandfather. I'm half Ecuadorian and we have Cheeto Vera um, in the mix. He's a, future title contender just want to know like your opinion on what's your take on michael morales and like what's his ceiling also do you think that Pena would have landed would have like completed the, the arm bar if they weren't so bloody i mean look like she got there pretty tight but one thing that really bothered me was she was holding on to the gloves a lot she was pulling off like a simelia and it's just one of those things where it's like come on Pena, like you know you know like try not to cheat i know you know cheat to win whatever you know but so like that that's that type of stuff kind of like bothered me, and then also um yeah one more if um Derek Lu- like matchmaking for like Derek Lewis like are we gonna have to put him in with like like future top fifteen contenders is like is he gonna be like a top ten like gatekeeper all right thanks Mike have a good one thanks man yeah the the thing the thing that makes Derek Lewis so valuable is that you could put him in there with anybody and it doesn't matter. People are just gonna watch it. You could put him in that sort of like litmus test role or you just put him in fun fights like Derek when Derek says like I don't care about winning titles, I don't care about the sport like I just care about getting in there and punching people in the face and making a paycheck. He's dead serious about that. He's always been like that. He just obviously he wants to win. I'm sure he's disappointed that he didn't win and that the fight ended the way that it did. He wants to go in there and win. But at the end of the day, like, it's just, okay, I have a fight. Cool. I'll sign and I'll do my camp and I'll go in there and people will love me and I'll fight. So I think it's time for the Jarzinho fight. Like, let's just do that. I feel like that's the fight people have wanted for a couple of years. So let's just do that fight. Like both guys coming off a few, a couple of losses. These two aren't like, these two are going to just go in there and beat the brakes off of each other. So just go in there, let them throw hands and someone's going to fall and, there you go. Like there's value in Derek Lewis and 
just throw him in there and have fights with strikers who will try to knock him out. And that's how every every Derek Lewis fight is is very similar. It's just I'm going to punch you as hard as I can. You're going to punch him as hard as you can. And that's what we're going to do. So I love that. So I'm down for that. Michael Morales is, I mean, if we're talking ceilings, it's really high. The guy is 23 years of age. He is incredibly talented. He has a very high ceiling. This, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. Now, he's a little green. He's just, he's just so talented. He's such a freak athlete. He's got all the tools. He's got everything you need. When you scout baseball players, if you ever watch the movie Moneyball, Billy Bean was, they described Billy Bean as a quote-unquote five-tool player where he could run and hit and throw and hit for power and all that. Like he, he has everything you would, like a scout would be looking for, even if they're green. And I feel like Michael Morales sort of checks off a lot of those boxes too. He he's, needs work. There's, there's no doubt about it. Like we're not talking about, we can't be talking about throwing this guy in with the Tim Meanses of the world and the Kevin Hollands of the world and the Ponzi's of the world, Jake Matthews, so forth and so on. Like we can't do that, but we build them up slow, build them up slow. You want to throw them in there with like someone on to the next one said him and Andre Fialio or Andre Fialo. I like that idea. That's fine. Cause he'll just go in there and strike and, I, I, I think that's probably as high as I would go with him. But if you want to kind of give him like the sort of the Ian Gary run, throw him in there with like Phil Rowe, uh, Gabe Green, guys like that. Like th- those are the kinds of fights that I'd throw him in. Just let him build up. Let him build. But he's got something. I think in the next two to three years, we're going to be talking about him as a, as a top 15, top 10, maybe even higher than that. Really, I mean, really impressed. Really impressed with Michael Morales and Adam Fugit too, man. Adam's a dog. He's got that. He's got that kind of older man strength that he's like, kind of on the tail end of his prime. Maybe like in the, like the twilight of his prime. But the guy's good, man. He's got he's got a good record. He's coming off a win over Solomon Renfro, which is like a really good win on the resume. I I like I. Fugit's good too, man. Like Fugit could be a, a, a not a big problem, but I think he, he could be a problem at one seventy. I would put, I'd pick Fugit over, you know, a good chunk of those guys at one seventy. And he went in there; he wasn't scared at all, and he was, he lost, but he went in there and fought his ass off. So, I like both those guys, but Morales is super good. Super excited for him. Toke, James, you're up. You're on deck. Excuse me. Hi, Toke. Things. One thing is um, the J- Jake Paul thing. I know you, you did an emergency pod and stuff, and I don't know if you addressed this as the start of the show, but the cancellation here, doesn't that royally um, F up uh, the uh, schedule uh, or the timeline between a fight, uh, with a fight between him and Nate Diaz? And then the other thing, um, I was, you said, let's do Blood Diamond versus uh, Mike Jackson. Uh, I think, actually, we should go to the one that Mike Jackson beat and see who gets to stay. Uh, I don't remember the name of this uh, Irish uh, kickboxer. but I th- Dean Barry? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So why not just do that and then just say, okay, 
one of you goes to the regional scene and gets the experience that you need, and the other one gets to stay. Uh, those two ideas is, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, well, the problem is one is in the UFC and one is not. Dean Barry was released after that. Uh, man, he's booked for something. What is he booked for? Let me see if I can pull it up. Karate, oh, he signed with uh, Karate Combat. So, yeah, unless we're doing some co-promote, that's not going to happen. Yeah, Dean Barry got released like right after that fight, and he is with Karate Combat now. So good on him, able to, uh, to find his home, so to speak, and able to bounce back from, from a tough night in the office. Just Dean, the Dean Barry, like if they do an E60 or a 30 for 30 on his road to like getting to the UFC, I would watch the hell out of that. Guy's been through a lot. So good on him. Glad he was able to find a home and and all of that. The Jake Paul thing, I honestly think like this helps the timeline because now Jake doesn't have a fight. I don't think they're going to go back to Rockman. I don't think they're going to go back to Fury. So I think and 279 is like five weeks away. Like five weeks away. That's a little over a month's time. And Nate just... Nate's just probably going to lose. I mean... Probably gonna go and have a fun fight, and he's probably gonna get dominated for a couple rounds, and might lose this. Who knows? Some. It's probably. Not, I, I haven't really like looked at enough tape to like really dive in, but the semantics of it all just tell me Nate's probably gonna get dominated, but he will find he will have like one moment in the fight will stand out, and his stock will still not take much of a hit from the fight. And I don't think it's gonna take much of a hit anyways because he's in this fight with Shemayev, and he's gonna be looked at kind of like the Stone Cold Steve Austin figure while Dana and the UFC are being going to be looked at like like Vince McMahon, like Mr. McMahon, and he's the anti-hero, and the UFC is the, is the monster. At least that's how they're going to try to solve this thing. And then if Nate just has a moment in this fight, like his star power will rise a little more, he will get some momentum, and then he could fight Jake Paul at the end of the year. I think this opens the door even wider for a Jake Paul-Nate Diaz fight. And to me, like, maybe that's part. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't want to get into like any sort of conspiracy theory, but I think this this probably works out for the best for Jake Paul because the Hasim Rockman fight just kind of seemed like a bad idea. Is either just going to be an awful fight or he's probably going to lose. So this is probably better, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think Nate's gonna. I'm not, I don't think Nate's going to just re-sign with the UFC. I'm not saying he'll never. I don't think this will be the last time he ever fights in the UFC, but it will be the last time he fights for a while. And if he just goes in there and Lee, if he just has a moment with Shamayev and just doesn't get to completely run over in the first 90 seconds of the fight, and maybe it's a brutal – I don't know. We'll see what happens. We have to wait till like, September 10th to sort of have an idea of where Nate goes. But Nate just needs to have one moment in this fight and he won't lose any steam at all. He can go fight Jake. As long as he's somewhat competitive with Jake, UFC will probably try to get him back, and it wouldn't stun me if that happens. So we'll see how he leaves. We'll see how the UFC leaves it with him. But I think, I think the door's open a little bit wider, for being honest. Let's go to James. James, how are you, buddy? I'm fine. How are you, Mike? Good, sir. Heck of a morning to you. Hey, um... 
I uh, agreed with everything you guys said about the commentary team the other night. I thought it was a bad night for them. And honestly, with when Rogan's on the broadcast, uh, I feel like I'm saying that more often than not lately. You know, he's got his little things. Um, he's hurt. Um, I don't think he's... I saw someone tweet the other night that he's never seen a submission attempt that wasn't tight. Um, and I also hate when whenever someone gets someone's back and he says this is a terrible position for them it's like yes literally everyone knows that um my question is why do they feel like they have to have three what well, i would love to just see john anik and felder felder who i think has become the best of all the former fighters uh that are on the broadcast team I would love to see a team of just anik and felder out there uh i think the teams of three makes it hard and you know there's a little too much going on uh want to know your thoughts on that yeah man it's it, it was a rough night like I, the, the three-man boots tough it's that tough in pro wrestling too like you watch try to watch like any wrestling when they now they're in the three-man booth it's just so much but the heyday of like pro wrestling commentary was you know jim ross jerry lawler those two Two-man booth, way to go. Now, I do most of the time like the three-man booth. And when Rogan's on, he's great. Like, I thought at 276, for the most part, he was great. And that, in turn, made DC great. And that, in turn, loosened, that also loosened Anik up a little bit more as well. Because Anik is like a true pro. And Anik just wants a part. Like, I ask about his goals uh, in commentary all the time. Like, him and I talk a lot. And to him, like... One time he wants to have a perfect broadcast. He knows it's very, very hard, very difficult. He's just like, I want to have that perfect game. Like one time, just want to go in there, start to finish, have everything work out the way it's supposed to. We're all in sync. We all have an A-plus performance. That's what I want. And to me, and I don't know this for a fact, I haven't asked John about this, but to me, John even sounded a little frustrated on Saturday. And I know I'm not the only one who thought that. Joe brings something special. His voice is synonymous. Like I said, it's synonymous with the product. It always will be. It took a long time for John Anik to get kind of get to where he's at now because for a while it was just every, everybody was so used to Goldberg and Rogan. Like those are the guys. And then Anik came in and people finally started. It took a little while, but people started to realize like how good John Anik is and how good he was on these broadcasts and how good he is in that spot to lead these other guys because he's the quarterback essentially sets the table and then he let and then essentially he knows it's his job to just basically shut up and let the two quote-unquote experts do their thing let rogan go let dc have his moment and but boy it was tough especially the main event it was really difficult rogan was asking i'm trying to remember like off the top of my head if anybody knows this knows any but rogan just seemed like to be asking just random questions that like everybody on earth that like I could call my mother and she would know the answer to the question. And those, some of them was just like, what, what are we, what are we doing here? And then I can't get the DC question to Dean Thomas out of my back, out of my head. The, why is, why is Amanda scared to grapple with Juliana Pena? And Dean's like, well, I, I don't, I don't think she's, she's scared to grapple with her. She's just beating her up on the feet. And then Amanda would take her down and just beat the hell out of her. Like, it's just weird. Just some strange questions. And I get it, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting there and d- I'm not trying to dump on anybody. Like, 
you if I'm just like in Vegas, they're like, hey, heck, Rogan's got the flu. Jump in. I'd be like, huh? Oh, man. Like, that'd be rough. That'd be tough. I try to figure it out and just like be me. But that's like, it's hard, man. It's hard. And, and for a guy like Rogan to have like motivation to like leave his house and leave his family to to go call an MMA fight when he certainly doesn't have to. He's like a floppity jillionaire. He doesn't need to do this. But, I mean, come on. Let's, I, we need a little bit better. That's all. Just do a little bit better. And I think, I think those guys will hear the criticism. I think DC probably takes it in a little bit more. We ain't perfect. We ain't perfect. Like I said, I thought my on to the next one performance on Sunday was not great. I've had much better shows. People brought it up, and normally I don't really check out comments and, and take that. Like, but sometimes like I feel criticism can be constructive, so I went back and watched it. I'm like, all right, I see. I see where you're coming from. Like, I didn't have my best show. I got a little too, I got a little too high horsey, if you will, and I'm man enough to see that, and I'm man enough to work on that, and that's it. Like, some people said like, I shouldn't feel that way, but to me, if people are saying that, Maybe it's if enough people are saying it, maybe it's worth me taking a look at it and trying to be better. And I went back and I listened and I'm like, ugh, kind of wish I didn't say those things or acted like that. Like I acted like I'm Mr. MMA and like it's cool to give your opinion, but I don't want to seem like a know-it-all or anything like that. And yeah, those guys just it was it was a bad night. But when they have good nights, I'll say that too. Cause I thought I thought they were great at 276. I thought they clicked fantastically. But yeah, this is this is not a good one. But it happens. Can't all be all things. Can't all be great all the time. And yeah, not good. Not good overall. C minus. Emperor. Top of up? the morning. Top of the morning, everybody. Uh, quick question. Uh, yeah. Thought I'd uh, kind of pick your mind. Uh, really curious to know. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on what's next for Nunez? Right. It seems like there's pretty two glaring options. Right. Of course, you can go with the uh, the trilogy here after you know. Pena getting this not beat out of or you know there's the whole argument of having the uh you know the Shevchenko matchup now obviously Nunez you know is two and over sir but you know given that they're now you know number one and number two in the power rankings it sounds like it, it sort of makes sense right um I don't expect Nunez to come back this year probably not the first quarter of next year she made that pretty apparent but just curious when we do see her next in the octagon that uh you know what's next for her thanks man yeah I I don't think they're going to go to the trilogy I think the trilogy has become what I like to call back. It's a back pocket fight. It's like what, what Connor and Nate are the Connor and Nate trilogy. Cause that, I mean, with the story, those two guys had, like if there wasn't a call for an immediate trilogy fight for that one, like, what are we doing here? So to, uh, the UFC, basically they have this little, they have this little invisible folder called back pocket fights. And if they need to, if they really need, it's, and then it's in this glass. It says break if there's an emergency. And then you take the little hammer and you break the glass and you can pull out the back pocket fights. You can use them anytime you want. Connor Nate is a back pocket fight. There are multiple back pocket fights that are there. Um, like that's why I was so high on just doing Yuri versus Glover and just running that right back now because that's not a back pocket fight because time is of the essence. Glover is not the youngest individual in the world. And the reaction, the, 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 the momentum that that fight got right away, like that's something you just run right back. Like it's there. I don't think there's a lot of momentum for this one right now. I think we, 
I think we saw both went both fight. It's the same reason we didn't get GSP Sarah three. I think we kind of know how the third fight would go. And part of me like doesn't want to see Pena just take that kind of punishment again for 25 minutes. Cause she took a lot of punishment in that fight. Like it's certainly not one I want to see run back right now. I definitely don't want to see that right now. Like give both women a rest. Now for Pena, there's two fights that make sense for me. One, you could do the Ketlin Vieira fight or two, you could do the Raquel Pennington fight because there's history there. Pennington doesn't like Pena. She's gone up press conferences and kind of dumped on Pena a little bit. There's a little bit of a story there. Nunes, I don't think Pena is an option right now. I just don't. So I would say it's a two horse race. It's, it's Shevchenko, which I think time frames could line up considering how much time Nunes wants to take off. But it's all going to be on Valentina to go out there and and just make a statement in her next fight. So the, the, whether you do Tyler Santos or she fights the winner of like a man in Fioro wins in October, you could do that fight. Like there's options there, or you just don't have her defend the title at all and just prepare her to fight for at 135. Hey. You wanted some time to bulk up and put on a little size? Well, Amanda's going to be out for a while, so here's your time. Go for it. Go do it. And if they need to do an interim title fight in a co-made event somewhere, they can do it. It's there. So, yeah, it's it's probably Vieira or Valentina. I don't think Juliana's going to get the next one, and we'll see what happens. But I just feel like we the writing's on the wall, and I, I give – I give Juliana Pena all the credit in the world that the beating she took, I mean, she literally got knocked into the sky with one of those knockdowns. Like it was brutal. She took a back, like she went after Nunes. Nunes took a back step, landed that right hook and Pena went flying in the air to the mat. And Pena to her credit was just like, all right, come get me. It's crazy. It was just crazy to watch how durable that woman was. But there's a part of me, like, with a little bit of a heart that's like, okay, Pena wins a couple more. Like, you can go back to that one, but I don't need to see that right away because that was a beating and a very bad one. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's go. Ahid, Ahid, he's here. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm even better now. I can't wait for this. Okay, so. An exclusive. An exclusive, because we don't get this. The Spotify peeps, they don't get this. You were you're getting the shadow ban. No ban here. 
Exactly. Thank you, Mike. So firstly, screw like cause just because you mentioned it, I wasn't gonna mention it. Screw Caitlin Vieira. I mean, forget her. Like she's not I don't want to see her anywhere near a title fight. Like my girl Irene Aldana. If there's anyone, let's if she knocks uh, well Shaslan out cold, which she probably will, then she can get it. Uh, if it's not Valentina or Pena, but I wanted to talk about because so I wasn't here last week because I had work. I wanted to bring this up. Um, do you, and it's doing Michael like Michael Morales is relevant here as well. Is Paddy Pimler the Ryan Garcia of MMA? Because it feels like that, and it's relevant. I'll tell you why. Michael Morales as well. I don't think he's as good as you say he is. I think like he's not as defensively sound. So people get caught up in the euphoria of like the knockouts and the finishes, and they don't realize that we come on. Like the, there's some real gaps here that will get exploited very quickly. Like Ian Gary might exploit it really quickly as well. But to do it, coming back to Paddy, it's relevant because we had Drew Dober last week. Who doesn't love Drew Dober? Finished Rafael Alves with a brutal shot to the solar plexus. And, and the thing is, is Drew was asked about Paddy in media day. And he said he wanted to fight Paddy. And it's just 155 is so stacked. Paddy is getting so much attention. He just got put on a morning show in Britain. It's a really big one. It's a big deal because MMA doesn't get this type of attention. But we can't give him this type of attention and um he just fights like no threatening people jordan levitt was a step up in skill but not a step up in threat you know we've got drew dober saying now he wants to fight paddy terence mckinney who's fighting next week saying oh i want to fight um paddy in msg and like there's tons of other people now there's Dawson, your guy Puelles, Ignacio Bahamondes. Did everyone forget about him? You know, like there's tons of unranked people now. And uh, it just feels like this has gone a bit ridiculous. Like if we just put Paddy against old people or like Clay Guido, like uh, random people like this, it makes no sense. So that's with Paddy. Jake Paul and Hasim. I saw you on Hasim's Twitter space, Mike, but I, I know you left and I stayed. And I just want to say, Jake Paul is and most valuable promotions are so dodgy and sketchy. The little like they are so cheeky. No, I'm, I'm sticking with Hasim, you know, and I saw on the MMA hour, New York, Rick and Ariel were like, oh, you know, like uh, Hasim signed the contract. That's not fair. Like this was to dehydrate Hasim and weaken him to a point where he couldn't fight. That this is silly. Like as in, you know, you talk about how the UFC gives dodgy contracts. So you can't say that uh, Hasim signed it. He has to stick with it. Like it's silly. And lastly, where the hell is Colby Covington? at the poker table looking like a drug dealer it's absolutely crazy that's all i've got for you today mike thanks buddy yeah the just to start the morales thing listen the guy's got a high ceiling he's green as hell i also said that as as well he's got a lot of work to do but just looking at it on paper the guy's a talent he could be molded but you gotta mold him pretty quickly because I feel like they're going to kind of rush this guy up a little bit. Uh, I don't want them to rush him too too fast. The Patty thing is just really interesting. I don't like. I, I I literally have no idea what they're going to do with him. I have no clue. If they want to do Dober, I think that's too much. If they want to do McKinney, I'm actually okay with that. I think McKinney's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Just not Tony Ferguson. Just don't do it. Nobody wants to see it, AK. Nobody, and I mean nobody. 
And then the Jake Paul thing, I don't know. Like I said earlier, there's only like six people on planet Earth who know exactly what happened, and I am not one of those six people. We can, we all have our opinions. We can all think something happened, and this went down, and this went down, and this went down, but we don't know. Like, we honestly don't know. Maybe it's dodgy. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. But this whole thing is just really weird, and it was really weird from the jump. And I wanted to ask Kasim about the ticket sale thing, but they wouldn't let me in for some reason. And that's okay. We'll take a few more. Drop them. MMA show. How are you? Get on mute. What's going on, Mike? There we go. How you doing, bud? How you doing? Not too bad. I'm a little sick, but, you know, I've been super excited. I had a few questions for you, especially when it comes to this Amanda Nunes business in the possible trilogy. I think you're 100% right. I don't think that it's time for the Juliana Pena Amanda Nunes trilogy. She got her ass, excuse my language, she got her butt kicked. She got beat bad. Um, and again, scorecards, the judges even saw it. And I think you're right, too, when it comes down to the commentary. I think it was very Juliana Pena heavy. And my number one question is, is if you saw the reaction out of Bilal Muhammad describing how um, arrogant Amanda Nunes has been since her beating Juliana Pena and said you didn't, you couldn't. And he basically stated you couldn't finish her. You, you didn't finish her because you couldn't finish her. And Amanda stated that she she didn't. So that's really my number one question is what what do you have to say about Bilal Muhammad and his comments on it? Interesting. Yeah, I, I did see that. I mean, I guess it's that that's his opinion. I, I don't know. It just seemed kind of out of left field. But it, yeah, it, Amanda, you have to understand, like Amanda just just fought, got her title back, and negated one of the worst moments of her career and had a great performance and then you show up with all that adrenaline. You had that beer or two that the fans gave you and you're feeling good. And you sit down at that press conference and you're feeling like you're the, the queen of the world. You're on top of the mountain, ready to shout out, come that, come at me. I dare you to. What, what's the I get? Like Amanda was just fired up and she said that she said things. And how many times have fighters said dumb things or things that don't make a lot of sense or things that are somewhat wrong after a big win like that. It happens all the time. So maybe it's just Amanda caught up in the moment and just said some stuff. And I'm surprised that fighters are calling her out on that. It just seems kind of weird, but sorry, I'm trying to do some uh, microphone construction for later on, but yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, that's Bilal's opinion. He's a fighter. He's got his own show, and that's just his thought on it. I just – I don't know. I, I just thought it was just gamesmanship. It's just fight stuff and may, maybe planting seeds for, for the trilogy if it comes down to it. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe she felt like she could, and that's just how she felt. So can't blame her for that. Bilal going on. Bilal, like, kind of blasting her. I wasn't, wasn't ready for, but Bilal likes to – Bilal's got opinions. Always has. I like Bilal. Let's go to Sivaran. Then we'll go to Tristan. Then we'll go to Beal. Then we'll go to Rips and Picks. And then I got to get out of here. Oh. Sure. What's up, buddy? Uh, how many, uh, are you 
Are you am I audible to you? What's that? Am I am I audible to you? Are you hearing? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't wait to uh, join your space after completing UFC 277. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk with you and uh, uh, get to know about you, what your opinions thoughts uh, on this UFC 77. Uh, first let me uh tell you about my opinion on this thing about ufc 277 uh the first one is the uh derek lewis stoppage i think it's kind of a bad and good at same time uh because uh the right uh could have a, a thrown a flurry of punches and it could have been met safe. eventually the fight would have ended in a tko or ko uh referee could have stopped after getting a, a you know a satisfied ko or tko but it's the eventuality so i think it's a good and bad at same time uh, and and the i want to talk about the co main event of ufc 277 uh, i think i rooted for the kaikara france uh, because i want to uh, see the new perspective in the uh, flyweight division uh, Uh, but anyway uh, you know uh, moreno showed us he's the uh, great fighter uh, in that fight so i think uh, people i think he deserved to fight with the uh, figueredo and uh, maybe uh, with the kaikara france win uh, it could have it could have been a new water in the uh, flyweight division uh, anyway uh, i hope they don't get the fifth fight between figueredo and uh, kaikara uh, sorry uh between moreno i uh, i think it, sh- uh, it could end with this fourth fight mate and uh, about the main event uh i'm kind of a biased towards the uh, juliana uh so i expected juliana to win that fight but anyway uh, uh props to the former champion and uh, amanda so she showed why she is a goat in women's mma uh like a, uh the resilience of a champion the resilience of a human shows why they are they are champions uh, but anyway a uh, lot of people saying uh, uh you know they don't want to see a trilogy fight between uh, you know amanda nunes and juliana pen i uh, kind of don't like that argument uh, mike because uh, i wanna uh, explain one thing then i will end my opinion that is uh like belal said uh he said that uh, she is arrogant in her first match uh, statement uh, i kind of agree with that uh, cuz let me explain that reason uh, so so when uh, amanda news dropped julian penne in first round and second round why didn't she go to the ground and ground and pound so because so after the thorn for after uh, in final championship rounds uh juliana had a chance to submit amanda so if she if the if the both fighters didn't have a blood blood and sweat and crazy maybe she could have submitted amanda so is that the price that she is going to pay without going to the ground and pound in second and first round so i don't think uh, uh amanda scared to finish her i don't know maybe it could be right what belal mohammed said so if uh juliana pen submitted amanda so it could have been backfired that amanda didn't go to the uh, ground and pound in first and second round 
so those are my thoughts on ufc 277 and let me go to the two other things a uh, dan hooker saying that he want to fight tony ferguson oh man i don't want to see that fight because i like both the fighters uh, especially tony and both are on four last streak so i hope that doesn't happen it's like a michael chandler versus tony ferguson all over again uh, now one other thing is that yeah man colby is a wow i i never know is a good in poker and a lot of people saying that he going to uh, not going to fight again in a ufc and he is going to play poker like that uh, but i hope he returns very quickly and show why he is the best in the welterweight that's it mike thanks buddy yeah man a, a lot to unpack there yeah I, i'm not saying like i never want to see the trilogy fight but i just don't think we need to see it right now I just don't think we need to. I think we we know how the third fight would probably go. I just, it's never a good thing when we praise toughness. Like, usually we praise, like, praising toughness, like, I'll always praise toughness. Like, I praise anyone who gets into that cage and fights, no matter what level you're at. Praise y'all. You guys are crazy. I ain't doing that. So, good on you. But it's never a good thing when we say, wow, that fighter is so tough. Because usually they're on the wrong end of a vicious beating. And, I mean, it was, uh, we said it best. Like, the best way to describe that fight was it was the most compelling ass-kicking we've ever seen. Where this was one as one-sided as it gets, but we're still on the edge of our seats thinking like, ooh, maybe the fact that, like, Pena didn't get put away after being knocked down five times in ten minutes Maybe she still got a chance. Like we never counted her out of this fight. So it's it's interesting in that sense, but again, this this kind of goes into the back pocket file where we don't need this right now, but if we want to do it, we can. And Payne is going to take some time off. We'll see how much time she takes. I don't we'll probably see her like first second quarter of 2023 and we'll see where the division stands right now. It's just a little too early to kind of think about that, especially when it comes to a fighter who isn't really all that interested in fighting right now. She got to take some time off and she could be out for a year and things could look way different at 135. So I'm willing to wait for the trilogy. Maybe Pena goes out, gets another win, then cool. We'll do it. But, and maybe they will go back to that. Well, who knows, but it just didn't seem like anybody was all that interested in it right then and there. And that's okay. And that's okay. And if they do Dan Hooker, Tony Ferguson, Sign me the hell up for that fight. Now, that makes sense for Tony Ferguson. Makes sense for both guys, for being honest. All right, we'll go to these last three. Tristan, we start with you. What's up? Hey, Mike. How's everything? Um, Good. Um, I think going to back to a little bit about the, the early stoppage for Derek Lewis and Sergey. Wasn't Dan Migrelata the ref for um, Pat Berry versus uh, Chuck Congo? And he gave, you know, he gave um, Chuck Congo the benefit of that. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't give Derek Lewis a little bit of the benefit of the doubt? I mean, not only that, Migrelata is part of UFC history. That is one of the most greatest comebacks ever. And, like, how many times did we think Chuck Congo, when Chuck Congo got knocked out, he's like, he's done. He's done. He, he got the first time. Nope, gets back up. Okay. Second time. All right, now it's over. And, you know, Joe Rogan was going crazy. Like, it's over. And then, nope, you know, Marigolata still let it go. So I'm like, you know, you've been, you've been part of history before. You've been through this before. And you've and you breathed. Dan 
I mean, Derek Lewis's three fights, like you couldn't give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Listen, I'm not complaining. You know, it is what it is. You know, you feel like he got hurt and he was done and he face planted. Okay. You know, I'm not complaining, but I mean, like, I would ask Dan, just he could have given him a little bit of birth in the Because what if Derek Lewis, because he did pop back up, what if he would have knocked out Sergey? That's two, that would be two comebacks you rep, you, you rep. And that, it would be insane. So, you know, I just I just wish he gave Derek Lewis a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Um, also, yesterday, watching you guys on Hot Know, when you talked about Amanda Nunes' next opponent, I I just, looking at you, Mike, I just felt it was not more about, because when you brought up Caitlin Vieira and you're like, ah, maybe, I guess, you know, you weren't too enthused about it. So I think it's not, it's it's just not a man of news, obviously. It's more of the band, this women's band away for this um, division is just not, it's just not good, man. And then, and then also, so obviously there is no featherweight division. So, you know, I think we talked about this before, of what the UFC can do as far as scouting the scouts of the earth to look for more bantamweight talent. You know, if you look at the strawweight, women's strawweight division, if you look at the women's um, flyweight division, there's a lot of talent. That's why, you know, even though Valen and Shevchenko is dominating, you know, there's some fights you want to see her in that's in that flyweight division that are up and coming. And right now I just feel the bandweight division, women's bandweight division and women's flyweight doesn't have that. So, I, I want your thoughts on that because it, it just when I was watching again when I watched you and I know it was just more about the division not being good and you weren't too enthusiastic about the fight. I mean that's why you got to do Shevchenko, but then AK brought up the like yo if what if it's another another you know sleeper you know and and, and you know you want to you know if you use it that's gonna that's gonna put some pause on it a little bit because Valentina wants listen she wants another fight at flyweight she says I got to build up to one thirty five I, I felt small in there against um in her last fight against uh, I think Santos. Uh so it's like, you know, it, they're in the lull. They're in a no win win situation in that bandweight division. They gotta pump more talent and I don't know what you do about that. So that's the thing about that. And then um uh my last point, I believe um no, that's pretty much it. So thanks Mike and have a good day. Thanks man. Yeah, bandweight this is not a great division right now. That's it. And I said this earlier, and then we'll move on. Um, if Derek Lewis wasn't the guy getting knocked out, I don't know if we're having the same conversation right now. I don't know if it's an emotion, such an emotional reaction. Like, if that was Augusto Sakai who got face-planted, are we having this discussion? I don't know. I don't think we are. I think it's because it's Derek. And Derek is just so beloved. And the, listen, it's just the aesthetics of it sucked. Like he's face plant. He went face first to the mat. So I get it. And big damage is like, Nope, face first. No way. And in hindsight, it was, it was a quick stoppage. And the more you watch it, the more you kind of understand where big Dan's coming from. I still think it's, it was a somewhat early stoppage considering it is Derek and Derek has a history of coming back from these crazy fights. And Tai Tuivasa was probably in worse trouble than Derek was when Derek fought Ty in that first round. So it is what it is, but I honestly think take Derek out of this equation, and I don't know if we're having this conversation. I don't know if we're, we're as emotional about it. I don't know if it's as big of a talking point. All right, we'll go to Rips and Picks, then we'll go to Beal, and then I gots to go. What's up, Rips? 
Hey, what's up, Mike? Man, I was uh, actually waiting to honestly ask a question about the Derek Lewis fight, which is pretty funny. But uh, just to really keep it short, like, what do you think, you know, his next kind of plan is and where he's going to be going after that? Um, just looking at the division of heavyweight, it feels like, you know, we got Ty Tuivasa, who I think is like 29, uh, Tom Aspinall, 29. Um, you know, I-, I feel like we just got some younger guys. Sergey is 30, Curtis Blades, 31, like, where do you think Derek Lewis is going to go? And I mean, how long do you think some of these guys like uh, Stipe, um, shoot, Derek Lewis, I mean, Shamil is even 40 years old in the top 15 still. So just kind of curious where you think Derek Derek's going in the rest of the older heavyweight division. Thanks, man. Yeah, Derek, I think I think Derek still gets a mile left in him. And he's just, that's just who – I mean, Derek just fights like that. that. That's how all of his fights are. It's get or get got. That's it. And I think you just do the Jarzinho fight. I think people have been wanting that fight for a while. And I think right now it just makes perfect sense. And Shamil, Shamil's fighting Jelton Almeida. I just don't see a world where that goes well for Shamil. I think Jelton is that good. And he's one of the best, he's one of the best double covers in the sport right now. He doesn't get talked about enough if we're being honest. So yeah, that's fine. I don't, I, I don't want Derek fighting Jelton Almeida, but if you want to throw him in there with, even like like if you did the Walt Harris fight at this point, like you could do that. That's okay. Jake, I mean, there's there's fun fights for Derek. Like Derek's Derek's must watch TV, and you could throw him in there. I mean, if you threw him in there with like Chase Sherman, would anyone be upset about that? If you threw Derek Lewis in there with Paco Porta, would anybody be mad about that? Would anyone be like, oh man, like what a dumb fight? You you no no, it'd be like, oh shit, Derek Lewis is fighting Paco Porta, like could beat him. Like, I, I think there's a world Parker Porter beats Derek Lewis, and there's a world where Derek Lewis knocks Parker Porter out. Like, it's we can do anything with Derek. We can do anything with him. He's not going to fight for the title. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He just wants to get in there and punch people in the face. Beal, send this home, my man. Maybe. Are you there? Beal. Mike. My bad, man. Beal, we got you. How the heck are you? Good. Uh, First of all, I just want to say, I've only been listening to Otno for about two months now, but uh, the other day's episode was probably the best episode I've heard. Uh, You guys had me laughing a lot. You had me thinking a lot. Uh, You guys are great. And we definitely some video footage when you and AK finally meet. Um, And I just want to say about the – the Derek Lewis thing, I think it was a great stoppage by Dan. I personally, I work with dogs, and when dogs are playing, you have to be there close because sometimes it can get rough, and you don't want dogs to get hurt, and you have to make those split-second decisions. And like you said, Derek went face first, both of his hands. It's one thing if his arms were up, like, trying to do something, but both of his hands went down by his Um. And, uh, yeah, man, have a heck of a morning. Thanks for everything you do. And don't, don't let these haters in the comments get you, man. Appreciate you. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I, they don't, like, ruin my day. But, you know, a, a lot of people mean well. And some of the criticism was, was not, like, dickish, if you will. They were kind of nice about it. And, and then I realized I'm like, oh, you know what? Sometimes I just don't get enough sleep, and I'm a little, I'm a little salty, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little cranky, and that's kind of what happened on Sunday. But I still had a lot of fun. I, I thought the show was great. 
Uh, AK carried me, and that's okay. Yeah, man, like like I said, and I'll say one last time before we get out of here, Derek, this is not Derek Lewis involved. I don't think we're talking about this. Like, I don't even think this is a question on the show. I don't think it was a question. It would be a question on the post-fight show. I don't think Twitter would have blown up the way that it did. I just think it's everyone's sort of admiration and just pure like for Derek Lewis. Like, just universally liked. And I think if this is Sakai or Blagoy Ivanov or Chris Dacus, like if that was Chris Dacus getting face planted, we'd be like, oh, great stoppage. That's a great stoppage by Big Dan. I think we're having a whole different conversation. But I have, I have, at first I was like, oh, come on, it's Derek Lewis. But then, like, the more you watch it, and even I'm in, like, I think I was a little emotional about it because you're just like, damn it, like, it's Derek freaking Lewis. Like, we want to see what would have happened. Like, because we've seen Derek come back from, from that kind of thing multiple times. And at the same token, it's just like, Big Dan made a judgment call, and he probably made the right one. And that's that. Like, we don't, like, we can be pissed about it that we didn't get to see Derek, like, do Derek Lewis things. But in the end, it was a good call. I respect Tan Dan for making a decision and sticking with it. And just not having any hesitation at all. And I think that's, in the end, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. What is, what, what is also okay is that I got to get out of here. Now, if you're listening on the podcast feed, we are not done. You will hear in its entirety my interview with Nico Price. Because a lot of people are wondering where the hell this man is. And I'm going to try to get you some answers. And uh, let's just say he has accepted a challenge. He's accepted a challenge, and I think it's one we would all like to tune in to watch. So enjoy that. My chat with Nico Price coming up next on the podcast network. For those listening live on the MA Fighting Twitter spaces, thank you very much. We will be back Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on a brand new episode of Heck of a Morning, which I wish to you. Thank you very much. Let us say hello to a man whose name comes up an awful lot on our matchmaking show. On to the next one, Mr. Nico Price. We last saw him compete this past October, picked up a win over yep. Alex Cowboy Oliveira, and he sort of run the Cowboy Gauntlet at 170 pounds. But what is next for the hybrid? Perhaps we'll get some idea right now. It has been a minute, Nico. Good to see you, my man. How are you? Good to see you too, Mike. How's everybody doing out there? We're doing well, my man. So uh, I mentioned the win over Cowboy Oliveira, and it's been, mm-hmm. from my math's correct, nine months since we've last seen you compete. I know it's not yep. it hasn't been like two years or anything. It's not like you've been out forever, but we saw you twice in three months after the suspension following the Donald Cerrone fight, and then we haven't heard yes, or sir. seen much since then. So what's been going on since October? So the last fight, uh, I messed my leg up. I had to get it fixed. I'm fixed up now and I'm ready to go, man. Like, I'm just excited. I'm in here training. As you can see, I'm soaking wet. Um, I literally came off the mat, grabbed my phone, and called you up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm just training hard. Uh, yeah, I fight consistent. So when I'm gone for more than, like, four months, five months, people are like, I wonder what happened to that guy. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm back. I had to get some surgery. My leg is 100% now. And, uh, yeah, dude, I'm excited to fight with two legs. Yeah. I've been fighting since 2018 with no ACL in my left knee. 
they so told me, it, I was like, really? Oh, no kidding. So this is an ACL thing that you, it was just something that was lingering that you were just like, you know what? We got to take care of this thing. So I guess that tore back in the day and I didn't even know. And I've been fighting with it. Like just consistently never got an MRI or anything. Just, you know, going along with it. And they're like, yo, this has been torn for a long time. So I was like, oh, okay. And then because the, the UFC made me get an MRI after the last fight, I was like, yo, my leg is sore. Because me and Alex, you know, we were blasting each other with some leg choppers. And uh, I guess he, he he kicked my LCL out. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah. So does it so feel now like... I got a new one that's three times as strong. <laughs> I was going to say, like, does it feel... Do you feel like different now? Like being having two healthy legs where you're just like, wow, I forgot what this felt like. Dude, I totally forgot what it felt like to have two legs. Like I can, I can like fully wrestle now. I can kick with both of my legs in all types of fashions. Now I can jump higher. I'm faster. It's, it was a, a life benefit to get my legs redid, you know? And then none of that, if it benefits life, it's bound to benefit my career. So I'm ready to go with it. So I've been gone, but I expect greatness when I come back because that's all I expect. Yes, Nico Price with two healthy legs for the first time in like four years. This is exciting. 2.0. Hybrid 2.0. There you go. I, the last time I – you know what's funny? The last time <laughs> the last time I actually spoke to you was before the James Vick fight. The James Vick – that was the last time you and I have done an interview together. So that was a long time ago, like three, maybe three years Dude, ago. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. so, so we haven't Single spoken – yeah, I think we're okay now. Can you hear me? Are we good? Our internet will get crazy. Yeah, I think we're okay now. We're good? Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. So going going back to the suspension, which most people thought was really dumb and a bit egregious, especially coming from Nevada where you could just literally walk. Like I was in Nevada. I was in Vegas for International Fight Week. People are just walking around, lighting things up and, and, and smoking. Oh, them. yeah. Like, it was nothing. I, and then like less than a year later. Really? Yeah, and then it's less medical. than a year. Yeah. And then like less than a year later, the commission votes to no longer discipline fighters for marijuana use as like your either your suspension is wrapping up or is like in the middle of your suspension. Like, how did you react to that? Because they made that ruling not long after your like right around the same time frame. So when you found out that they were just getting rid of this rule altogether and they weren't going to punish fighters anymore, were you like, come on, man, I like I should have been I could to get my money back. That's what I did. Called that and no one gave me my money back. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, because I was it was the day after. The day after I got popped, they uh they um announced that they would no longer be doing it to the fighters. Since then, multiple fighters have been popped though. So if you're fighting in Nevada, remember if the UFC says it's okay, it doesn't mean Nevada means it's okay. Because I was cool in the UFC. I wasn't I wasn't bothering the UFC. I failed Nevada's test. So Nevada came at me. Yeah. So and then, and now, is, now it's there cool. There is a fine print in there. Is there? So don't be going into the, yeah, you can't, you still can't walk in. Like, I don't know how Nick and Nate do it. They, they must have good lawyers to just pay the fines for them. Yeah. I, I, I thought of you like immediately when Nevada had that meeting was like, yeah, we're not, it's 2021 or 2022. Like, we're not gonna. We're we're hip with the times now. So now we're just not gonna like suspend anybody for that anymore, which is crazy. Right after you got suspended for it. Yeah, but I I still was suspended. I still had to pay all the money, but they because it wasn't um, proactive or something. Or 
or whatever that word. Ret- retroactive, yeah, retroactive. Retroactive. Because it was hilarious. Like I was on that call. They make that ruling, and then they suspended two fighters for marijuana use at the same meeting because it hadn't gotten into effect yet. <laughs> it was just like that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm so telling you, there's nuts. a fine point everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. So speaking of, um, because you had fought Donald Cerrone before Cowboy. So you ran the Cowboy Gauntlet and he fights Jim Miller earlier this month and loses and then puts the gloves down and announces his retirement from the sport. And you're going to go down as one of the final three opponents of Donald Cerrone's MMA career. What did you think when he retired? And and what does it mean now since you were able to share the octagon with that man before he did that? Just complete blessing, man. To be like, it's like... um... What did I say? You look up to someone and then you finally get to stand next to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it was for me. It was like, because I watch every time Cowboy fought, I'm on the TV. Not still, you know, till this day, whenever I know he's fighting, I'm watching that event regardless. You know, if I got to steal it or what. (laughs) But I'm going to watch Cowboy fight. So, like, knowing that I got to get in there with him and experience the fight ready Cowboy, you know? It was just a complete blessing and an awesome gold medal for my career. <laughs> is there like, is there a part of you that's like, damn it, because you guys fought to the draw before it got overturned to a no contest? Is there, a, was there a part of you that was like, all right, before he goes, I got to run this back with the band one more time? Or was it a little bittersweet at all? Nah, it was bittersweet, but you know, I, I got to fight the man. We know what happened in there. We all do. <laughs> it's okay. You know? He, he told me I won the fight. I mean, it was blatant that I won the fight. The only reason that I went to uh, the first round or the no contest was because I accidentally poked him in the eye. Watch all my fights. I don't groin kick. I don't poke people. I don't do anything. And when I fought him, I was just so anxious and nervous. I guess I had my hands open a few times and got him. You know, like, <laughs> I'm never intentional with anything to cheat. I'm not a cheater. I don't cheat not in my style you know if i cheated i would have a belt already (laughs) that's how you know if i would cheat (laughs) let me let let me ask you this because this is something we talk about at mma fighting all the time because we obviously watch all these cards and we see what happens and you mentioned the the cheat word and i feel like in a lot of these fights especially with the pay structure the way that it is like it's not just like hey you show up and fight you get a flat fee of this, you have to go out there and win to get the second half of your paycheck. Oh, and a lot of, yeah. And a lot of times we see fighters, like they'll, they'll be blatant fence grabs and like all this stuff and nothing gets called and it can cost the other guy the fight. I'm not saying we like, there's the eye like pokes are accidental. Yeah. Like in the face. <laughs> yeah, dude, like it's, it's nuts. Like, and refs, especially what we've seen this year, they're not calling anything. Like they're literally not calling anything. So we're telling at the same time, like if fighters want to go in there and like fence grab and grab gloves and stuff like that, like what's to stop them when they need nothing. the second half of their paycheck and nothing's going to get called. So what's Better, your- bro, thank you so much. Sorry, sir. It's okay. So, Sorry, sir, so what's your thoughts on that? Cause like we go out and we're like, listen, just cheat, just cheat your ass off. Cause like nothing's going to happen. You're not going to get called. And I know it's not like the moral code of martial arts, but you, you, it's money on the line. Like you're trying to take care of your family and stuff. And if like, you could grab a fence and it's not going to get called, like what's to stop you. Right. Yeah. So like I got, brother, I got kicked in the cuff twice when I fought Alex Pereira or not Alex Pereira, Michelle and illegally backflip in the head. The first kick, the ref didn't see 
which is weird. I don't know how you don't see my cuff fly up. You know, it was like, boom. And I'm like, oh. And then he blitzes me. And I scoot over, and the ref, I noticed, isn't trying to stop nothing. I'm like, come on, Henry, what's up, bro? Those are boys. You know, you told me you're going to do everything to keep us both safe. You let him kick me in the nuts twice. He only called one of them, and that's because I was like, are you serious? You didn't see that. And then I got backflip stomped in my head, which they keep promoting like that's cool. It's like, yeah, let's promote some illegal move that someone did to a guy. You know what I'm saying? And I punched him in his eye. But I, I did not poke him in the eye. I hit him with knuckles. So, like, there's just a few things that happened recently like that to me. But, like, it happens. That's all I can say. Some of the fighters know what they're doing. And some are accidents. You know? And if you know what you're doing, you're just a dirty fighter, which there's dirty fighters out there. It's simple. Yeah. You know? They're fighting for their life. They might have come from a harder upcoming from you and we'll use more things in a fight if they can. You know, like, I know I can't do this. Uh, that's not even in my ritual. I don't even think of it. But yeah. some people use it. And when you're fighting someone who has decent cardio or doesn't stop coming at your face, you try to kick them in the nuts a couple times, especially when you're a runner. So, it like, you know. It's kind of frustrating, man. Like, I get, like, I, I get frustrated watching. I'm like, like how many times is something going to happen before you actually make a call? Like I'm not saying take a point for everything, but like if someone grabs a fence, like it should be an automatic, That's like stop point. the action. It should be an, like, even if you don't want to do a point, like if you want it, like if, if you just want to be like one warning, instead of just or giving I'm a flat warning, it's a takedown, fence. automatic yeah. takedown. Yeah. It's automatic takedown you on the fence. Yes. Automatic. Right like, you yeah. get down and he starts right in half on the fence on you. You do that. Yeah. You know, and like, if he does it again, then you take a point. Like, I'm fine with that. But, like, in any other sport, if something happens, it's there's some sort of consequence for everything. Like, some are yeah. some are bad. Some are like, if pass interference in the NFL is like all the like, wherever the spot, it's a spot foul. Like, wherever it, ha if it happens 80 yards downfield, it's an 80 yard penalty. But if you jump yeah. off sides, it's just a five yard penalty. And no one means to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we got to have, we got to be able to like call some things, right? Like, just some things. Groin kicks. And I agree with groin kicks. I agree with eye pokes. And then anything like knee to the head on the floor or kick to the head on the floor. Now, if it was one FC, I wouldn't give a shit. I'd be doing it. Right. Talking about my language. You know what I'm saying? Like, I actually have scenarios where I'm like, man, that would be really cool. He could pass here and just soccer kick him in his face. You know, like I have stuff that I have worked because I was trying to go to the one FC for a while. But, but then I made it to the UFC and I was like, oh, dream, let's run this one. So, you know but yeah yeah the cheating happens you know and sometimes we get caught on the, the short end of it and you can't sit there and dwell on these things uh, i mentioned them just so maybe in the future if something like that happens to another fighter the ref will see it and be like because we confronted him because he he refed me when i fought alex and my coach was like hey the last ref didn't see a backflip land on my fighter's head and he goes and henry was like oh that was me sorry man i didn't see that one but i mean in the video he's looking at him do it it's like how do you not see i understand you're in the zone or maybe you went cross-eyed for a moment but you missed the most like typical moment of the situations you hit you missed it yeah it's but, it's it's crazy sport, but man. i also it's not only his fault 
me, I looked at him expecting him to stop it. As a fighter, what do they tell us? Uh, protect yourself at all times and fight all time. I stopped fighting and looked away and got freaking mounted by looking away. If I would have kept fighting, I probably could have just got back up. But like for that moment, I went into I would I can cuss right. Yeah. I'd say I went into like a bitch mode and was like, "Hey, take the point." You know what I'm saying? Instead of the dog Nico, who's just like, "Fuck it, all right," then getting in there. You know. Yeah. So that that's a learning point on mine. My aspect. I was like, "Yeah, that won't happen again." If I get illegal anything, I'm coming right at you and I'm gonna rip your face off. <laughs> you know, and I'm, it's gonna be a because of the incident that happened before. Yeah. <laughs> So now that you have two working legs, you're healthy, you're, you're hybrid 2.0. What, what are we looking yeah. at time frame wise? Like, are you ready to go? And like, if they offered you to fight right now, could you, could you take it? Uh, legally? No. Uh, physically I would. Yes. But, uh, so August 20th, I'll be cleared. So they're looking like that should be the date where they said everything is good. And then I can contact the UFC and we'll get, uh, all that going. We'll let, the first round management take over and talk to everybody and we'll get in there. All right. So about a month, a month, yeah, away I figure a month maybe two more months. And then, uh, and then expect to see me every two months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, we do a matchmaking show after these cards on Sundays and every time there's a welterweight fight, it's where's Nico price. This guy should fight Nico price. It's like your name yeah. comes up all the time. Barbina said I'm like number one on his hit list. That's cool. Who did? Oh, something happened here. Oh no, we're good. You still, uh, yeah. uh, Barbina. Oh, Barbarina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barbarina. There you go. I always mess his name up. Sorry about that. No disrespect to your name. But he said he would like to fight me. Dude, that's a great fight. I'm always down for shows. Yeah. And I what, like wars. What did you think of his fight with Robbie? Amazing. He did it. He did it perfect. He went in there and he went in there with a legend and he showed that a legend that he's a future legend. So he did it great, man. You know, there's a few of us that are we're these next guys, you know, and I can see who they are. You know, that's the guys that I I want to fight because the only way for me to become a Lawler is to be like a Lawler and beat these guys. And if not beat them, beat them up and let them remember my name. So, Maybe we can, um, like if August 20th, you're good. You get the all good. Cause you'll probably be ready to go like ASAP. Well, like, just I'm, gonna I'm be training right now to the fullest I can. And when then I'm just waiting for them to tell me that, I can go um, like a hundred percent spars. That's what I'm waiting to hear. Cause I can do like 80 right now. So I'm going hard and I'm doing a lot of rounds at 80%, but can't wait to be able to like get it all the way up. And you know, I still feel I'm pulling back on the governor right now, but that's just cause they haven't told me I can go yet. So what do you think? Like September, October, November ish around there? September, or? October. I'm looking so, you know, you know, a card needs a little bit of a boost right now, in my opinion, is that September 10th card. Anywhere they want to put me. Nick, Nate Diaz fighting Hamzat Shemaev in the main event of that one. What, what, what was your reaction to that? Dude, let me get the winner. <laughs> <laughs> we are no, no offense to Nate or Nate. Or Nate yeah. Dude, I've seen him and I've seen Shemaev. They're just different sizes it's different weight classes you know what i'm saying like there's no way humza ever got the 45 and if he was it was because he was 13 growing 
<laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, man, that's an exciting fight. I don't you want. And, yeah, put you and Brian. Put you and Brian on that main card. You guys open up the main card for those guys. I love that. Open idea. up the main card. We're hey, we're a, we're a co-main event. Co-main event works for me. Either Either that or we're taking a whole card over. Me and him yelling. Because <laughs> they they know that me and him are gonna bring some some butts to the seats and blood to the ring. It's simple. I like that idea a lot. You're gonna watch it if if me and him are in there because. What do we do? We fucking fight. <laughs> I would love to see that on that card. That because that, like I said, that one needs a boost. Do you think Nate has a chance here? Because as soon as this one was booked, everyone's like, "Oh, Hamza's just gonna run this guy over." And there's a part of me that feels like, especially on Nate's last fight in his deal, when the lights are bright, when the moment put counts. Nate behind. Yeah, I think if never the fight, if Nate gets to the third round, I think the fight's very becomes very interesting. Nate and Nick are my like favorites. Like growing up, I just like Nick's attitude. I like Nate's attitude. I like how they just they didn't care about what you said. You know, like they all say, like forget what everyone else says. It all matters about you and God. Simple as that. I don't know how they are with God, but I know that all that matters to them is what they think about themselves. You know, so they don't care about anyone else. No one's. They're not trying to be a certain image of that. They're Nick and Nate, and that's what I respect the most about them boys. You know, they've never changed. He's always walked in with a joint in his ear, you know, lighting up every parking lot he's in. Like, it's them, you know? And if y'all want a training partner for this camp, I'm right here, homie. I'll come over there. That'd be fun. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. Nate, Nick, pick up the phone. Call Hybrid 2.0. I'll run down there. I'll go blast double for you. There you go. <laughs> no flying knees, though. No, no flying knees. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that that you're healthy, that you're almost ready to go. You're almost clear. We got about a month to go, and then uh, hopefully yep. it's all good news. We can call the UFC, and I can finally answer the question of where's Nico Price? Why isn't Nico Price fighting? Who's Nico Price going to fight? Hopefully it's Brian Barberina. I think that would be a fantastic one. But uh, good to see you in great spirits, man. I think I don't. I, I'm definitely not speaking alone here. We're excited to see you come back, my man, and I'm sure you are as well. Hey, all glory to God, guys. And, and don't blink when I get in there because it can add, it can end in one second or four minutes and 59 seconds. So there you go. Don't blink. Nico, you're the man. Thank you. Great catching up with you as always. Thank you, guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.